Welcome back, welcome back. Yo, it's your boy, Sellers Hamilton. And it's your girl, Denny Hamilton. And you're listening to another episode of Tour Life. Life. So we're super excited to be back with y'all. Yo, we know it's been a minute. A hot minute. Hot minute. <laughs> but first off, man, so we just want to let you guys know we miss y'all. We're grateful to be back. Last night, actually, we were doing something that we do regularly here in our home, which is Bible study. Mm-hmm. Twice a week. Yep. We try to do twice a week. We hit it. We usually hit it. We've been exactly. doing we've been yes. doing pretty well. So it's just something that we know as we've realized, right? We're growing together. And it's an important rhythm in our marriage. Absolutely. You know, a lot of people think marriage is solely about dating and solely about having fun together. But naturally we've realized that that stuff kind of comes out of us growing spiritually together, right? The more that we spend time with God, the more that we actually help challenge each other to be more like Jesus, the more we end up having fun and wanting to do those things, wouldn't yes. you say? Mm-hmm. Great. So last night, um, one of the, the chapters that we've been going through actually, which was inspired by our counselors. Yes. Shout out to the butlers. Shout out to the butlers. Amazing older couple. They have been married 40 years. Mm-hmm. Shout out to them. They be rebuking us, challenging us. <laughs> encouraging us. Encouraging us. Just all the things that we need to hear, especially being such a young couple. Um, and hearing the things that they've been through, the things they've made it through. And just the ways that they give us a perspective that the problems that we're facing right now don't have to be as huge as we've made them. But so we've been going through Ephesians. Mm -hmm. And what do you think so far about Ephesians and like how it's been speaking to us? Yeah, it's an amazing book because we've all, you know, read Ephesians before, right? But actually taking it line by line and with somebody else and sharing your perspectives and hearing the other person's perspectives, it just sheds a lot of light. Um, Of course, like it starts with how we were transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and how God chose us, right? He He chose us to, to be adopted sons and daughters mm. and through Jesus. And so of course, like I feel like it has a lot to deal with identity. So remembering who we are in Christ, who God calls us and how we should live in that. And so of course, because we are children of God, we should live like children of God and we should live like our father. And so specifically, we're now in the chapter of husbands and wives and that thing man i've like i've read it so many times you know as a single as somebody who was dating and then engaged and now married but now breaking it down with my husband line by line is just so mind-boggling so we're gonna get into it um within the next few minutes but yeah what about you babe what do you think yeah i mean we've so we've read ephesians many times we're not new to ephesians our church did a full study on Mm -hmm. ephesians we've read many, many marriage books, and they all pull from this passage in Ephesians. But it's something different about, like my wife said, reading it for ourselves with the intention of taking it line by line. Like sometimes we read it as a whole, just with the posture of like, okay, God, what do you want me to do to be better in my marriage? But sometimes reading it line by line, we realize always that the Bible is actually less about us and our application of just how it can actually help change our lives, but it actually is telling us something about God. Right. And so as we were reading this passage last night, we saw a lot about God that as we saw it, it helped us naturally see a lot about ourselves in our marriage. Mm-hmm. So I will first start off sharing with us, I think, 
maybe one of the lines, because we're going to eventually read it, but one of the lines maybe that stood out to you and what you think you got from it is wives submit to your it's the first line is verse 22 wives submit to your husbands as to the lord because the husband is the head of the wife as christ is the head of the church he is the savior of the body and so i think you know we've read this scripture so many times and honestly a lot of people especially women even in the church are offended by this because it tells us to be submissive it tells us to submit to our husbands as to the Lord. And it's like, wait, what? Like, like sometimes you can be taken back by that. I know that when I was younger, a new believer, I didn't understand what this meant in depth. But the the, the thing, I, the line that I want to hone into is because the husband is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. So as we know, marriage is temporary, right? So I'm saying like it's, it's not a heavenly relationship. And so what that means is we are not going to be married in heaven. We understand that. So this is something that God allowed to happen while here on earth, which is a beautiful thing. But I think we also need to remember that marriage is a reflection of the relationship between Christ and the church. So because the church is the body and Jesus is the head. Think about it. It's like you're, you're, you ha- you're in your body right now, right? You cannot function as a full being, uh, a, a live being without your head. Same thing without your body. And so in marriage, as we're reflecting Christ and the church, it's the same thing. So my husband and I cannot function. A marriage cannot function correctly in the way God designed it if we are not um, pursuing the roles that he created us to have. So my husband is supposed to be the head, just as Christ is the head of the church. And I'm supposed to be the body, you know, connected to the head so that we can be one fl- one functioning flesh. And that's how God designed it. That's good. That's good. Man, yeah, this this passage has so many gems. And just like what my wife dropped for you guys, um, you know, that's one of the ones that stuck out to her. So we normally read we normally read this passage um, five times. Whenever we do a Bible study, we'll we'll take a passage and we'll read it five times. Mm -hmm. The crazy thing about it is a lot of times we we skim over passages without reading them with the dependency that the Holy Spirit is going to help us to get everything that we can and that we're supposed to get out of that moment. So probably like the second time we read it, this is the verse that stood out to me. Uh, Verse 25. So this is Ephesians 5, verse 25. It says, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her in order to make her holy by cleansing her with the washing of water by the word, so as to present the church to himself in splendor without a spot or wrinkle or anything of the kind. Yes, so that she may be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as they do their own bodies. So when I was reading that, I was like, yo, babe, this is rocking me because I'm realizing that Jesus's love for us was so that he could present us without blemish, without spot, without wrinkle to himself. His love was actually something that would transform us into something that he would be proud of. And I started thinking about, man, the command for me as 
husband to love you, my wife, is so that I can love you into something that is more like Christ. My love and my continuing to be, you know, giving myself up, laying down my desires and laying down some of the selfish things that I may want for what's important to you, you know, is loving you and mm-hmm. and molding you into something without blemish <clears throat> and without spot. Wow. Yeah. That's so good because if you think about it, like I like that you mentioned, you know, it, he did this to present the church to himself in splendor. And I think about how we were, even when we were unlovable, even when we were, had had spots or wrinkles, um, and blemishes that God loved us. And it's the same in marriage because we're not, you know, when we get married, well, first of all, while we're still on earth, we're not perfect, right? But you, yet we still love each other. And like, you still love me for who I am, but you're loving me. Um, and the prayer is that you're sharpening me as as my leader, as the, the leader of this household and our family to, to be more like Christ. Obviously, we're supposed to be doing that for each other, but I feel like, as the the head of the home like that's one of your priorities as as my husband is to make me more like Christ and to 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 be molded into more like Jesus so that happens with what we do now like reading scripture praying to get together building these rhythms that are foundational for that you know what I thought about when I was reading this I thought about a lot of my 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 single women friends right mm-hmm. I thought about how this passage makes me realize that there's a very important question that should be asked before marriage. Mm. It should be asked because if the Bible commands us to, you know, for wives to submit to their husbands, um, and of course that husband is submitted to Christ, then I think one of the questions that I would really, really recommend and I think hope that's being asked is before marriage that that women are asking, man, is this a man who is submitted to Christ that I would have no problem submitting to on the days when I feel like I don't fully agree or see what he's saying? But because I know he's so submitted to Christ, I know I will be able to submit to him on the days when it's particularly difficult. Because you know what? That's what we do with God. Yeah. We're supposed to be, of course, submissive to God, right? As our Lord. That means trusting him, even if we don't see his plan or even agree with his plan. And so if we're supposed to, wives, if we're supposed to be submissive to our husbands as to the Lord, that means we have to do the same thing with our husband. We have to trust them, of course, knowing that they are first submitted to Christ. So knowing that they won't lead us astray or lead us into sin. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I think that that's such a great question that we should be asking before we even like consider marrying somebody. Yeah. Now that I know that this is a man who submitted to Christ and who would never do anything that isn't to make me more like Jesus, that he would never do anything to hurt me. Right. Right. Can I see myself submitting to him? Period. Yeah. I think that's great. One of the things that I think this brought up for me as well on a deeper level is the whole concept of how we we think of beauty, right? We think of beauty as being something that is the object of love. We think about, especially in our culture, we right. think that I want to love someone who's beautiful, but this passage actually shows us the opposite. It shows us that Jesus's love for the church 
makes the church without blemish, makes the church without spot. Not the other way around. Not that he saw the church as beautiful and loved it, but that we know the gospel is that we were actually unlovable. We were nothing like God. We were we were full of sin. We were completely selfish and prideful. And Jesus saw us in that state, loved us, and his love transformed us Mm. into something that now was selfless, that was now serving others. And it's the same way in marriage. You know, a lot of people think about, they get into conflicts, and we just read this. I know there was, we, we had an argument, crazy argument last month. Oh, yeah. Crazy argument. And you know it was bad when my wife started us on a whole Bible app um, where it was like, hey, this Bible app is this Bible app plan is called conflict and marriage, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. But that's how bad it was. Like, not only did we wrestle through it through, with counseling and argue it out through the crib, but I legit had a Bible app plan with my name requested on it to do this joint. But I remember reading it, and one of the days said, when you focus on the problems that your spouse has, mm-hmm. you actually never cho- solve the problem because your only responsibility is to focus on your exactly. own problems. And so if I am trying to change you into something that I want you to be, you'll never change. Right. But if I focus on actually loving you, mm. you'll automatically change because love is what changes us. So true. Like the scripture says, his kindness leads us to repentance. Mm. Right. Because, and I love this because, because we were sinners and, um, cause God is holy. So he cannot be around unholiness and sin but he loved us so he's like all right well obviously y'all can't do nothing about it because we don't get saved or cleansed by our works and what we do so you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna be the sacrifice for you so that i can love you and you're going to be transformed you know into this beautiful this beautiful um possession of mine and so that's just what a picture same picture it should be in marriage that's so good Man, you had an amazing comment yesterday. I want you to think about this as I'm saying mine mm-hmm. <clears throat> about when it talks about leaving the family, you know, yeah. cleaving and cleaving, which mm-hmm. we had in another episode. That was our Before, first episode. <clears throat> first episode. Shout out to y'all who've been here since the beginning. Yo, as my wife is thinking about what she said yesterday that I want her to share with you guys, I want to talk about how I realized verse 29. Verse 29, Ephesians 5, 29, of course, it says, For no one ever hates his own body, but he nourishes and tenderly cares for it, just as Christ does for the church. And so the verse before that says, He who loves his wife loves himself. And I noticed the parallel is basically saying, There's no way you can actually love yourself, husbands, without loving your wife. Mm -hmm. Because there is no way that love is expressed only in self-seeking and self-serving ways. Mm. Love is always expressed outwardly uh, by, by serving and taking care of someone else. And that made me think about how if I ever really want to do what's best for myself, I have to do what's, what's best for me. you. Right. I have to love yeah. you. Otherwise, I'm I'm not loving myself. Right. Exactly. We're members of the same, you know, we're one body. We're one flesh. Yeah. We're one flesh. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Okay, so before I go into what I, I said... The other day, uh, I want to piggyback on what you said, right? And so, you know, you're loving yourself best when you love me, 
Mm-hmm. And because you wouldn't, you wouldn't hurt your own body, so that means you wouldn't, you wouldn't hurt me because I'm, I am your body, right? Yeah, um, hurting you is hurting me. Exactly. And so I kind of think about when you and I aren't doing well because we are one flesh. So we, if we're in conflict, you know, it's a little, it's some animosity, which is normal, right? It's like I can't, we both can't really function properly, right? So like, yeah, we could go on, our, we can go about our day, we can work, we could do what we have to do. But it's because we are connected, we feel, I feel like it's a spiritual thing when we feel like what is actually happening, right? So we feel the sadness. We feel, um, we feel like what we're, we're each wrestling with. And I think that is such a, a, a great example of how spiritual marriage is. And the world can tell. Right. The world can tell when I am not doing, doing well, well with my right. wife. Exactly. Everything I produce, everything I try to do, mm-hmm. music-wise, teaching-wise, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's yeah. yeah. It's like it's like when you're sick. It's like um, you know, I'm I'm now experiencing like sinuses and allergies. Uh, so whenever I'm I'm experiencing that, like my whole body can sense it. So it's like, all right, shut down mode. Let's let's take a nap. Like let's sleep sleep this off. It's like the same. It's the same thing in marriage. Like okay, we're just because one one part of the body is affected, the whole body has to, is feel it feels it as well. So yeah, it's the same thing in marriage. But yeah, so that the scripture, uh, verse thirty one. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So we know this scripture very well in marriage. And I was just thinking the other day, I said, wait, why does, why does the man have to leave his family? Right. And so to me, when we, well, in marriage, I think we often forget that the man and the wife are joining and creating their own new family, meaning the man cannot, can no longer be connected, uh, to to the to his previous family right like the mom and dad not saying obviously we cutting off ties with the family or anything like that but now he has his own responsibility to lead this new family he can't be leading a new family if he's still tied um tied with the other one not saying he was leading the previous one but he's unable to function in his new leadership role if he's still connected to, to his family. And so I think that's why it's important for the man to leave, um, leave and cleave with his wife because you can't be joined, you can't be one flesh with two two families, like two people, right? And in order for me to, to be connected to you, you'd have to be um, severed from your your your, fa- your old family so that we could join together and become this new, this new body, this new flesh. I love what you just said. I love what you just said, babe. And I think it's incredible. And when you shared this with me last night, I remember we both had a a spiritual epiphany moment where we understood the same thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. And then you helped me understand. You helped me confirm it by sharing it with me. And it was that we realized God actually desired to be joined with us. Mm -hmm. You know, I think which is one of the crazy things when we realize about God's goodness is that God, our head, Jesus, our head, desired to be joined to a body that matched his head. Right. And he didn't want to be just the head without without a body. Mm-hmm. And he we understood we understand everything that that cost him. Mm-hmm. 
to pursue his body. Uh, we understood everything that that cost him to pursue his body and how he wanted a body that would match his head. Mm -hmm. And it made me think about this concept, right? You could have like a big old head and a skinny body, but God is forming us as his body into a body that actually is right for the head. Mm -hmm. And that means we'll be one flesh flowing the same way the same blood that's flowing to the head from the body is flowing back into the body and we're all one and so i just think it's amazing to 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 realize that concept that god wanted to be joined with us right wanted to wow yeah this is this is really great there's so many things more in this passage like what we always say is that the bible is inexhaustible uh this was just what we got from five times reading Ephesians 5 verses 22 through what 31 33 33 but there's so much more um and I'm sure in the future we'll come back and and have many podcast episodes about what else we've extracted but from these uh we just felt like these were extremely cool to share with you guys they're transforming our lives as we speak and uh man we love you guys we love you guys we're grateful yeah and uh we want to hear how this passage is impacting your marriage as well. Yes, and I believe that singles can receive from this too. Everybody. Know, as, we're, as we're preparing, as you guys are preparing for that season. But yeah, let us know how y'all feel. But other than that, we will see y'all next time.